0: Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Patio, the show where we talk about things that are happening right here, right now, as well as general news, tips, information, and advice. Now have I got a guest for you guys. Danny, welcome to the show. Good to it's see you. brilliant to have this man on it, even though he's a Spurs fan, <laughs> but I won't hold it against you. You've got to have one or two out there, but no, in all jokes aside, this man is like the guru of baseball, the sports knowledge. He's your phone-a-friend on who wants to be really there, because his knowledge of football and sport in general, as well as baseball, is incredible. I mean, unbelievable, my man, unbelievable.
1: It's what I've done my whole life. Yeah, well, uh, well, yeah, I mean... And, you know, you you grow up and you want to make your life out of something, and uh, yeah. and you think as a kid, hey, this is what I'd like to do. and. Sometimes
0: it turns out. Well, you know, I Googled your name. It just went, ding, I was like, <laughs> wow, like baseball, 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 baseball. I was like, unbelievable. I mean, Danny, before we talk about, obviously, we're here at your bar now, which is Danny's Sports Bar, which is in uh, Tree Town, and we'll talk about that a lot more in part two. But before we talk about that side of things, I just want to ask you a bit about yourself. I mean, where are you originally from? I grew up in California,
1: in Los Angeles. Uh, lived there until I uh, got out of college, uh, UCLA. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to work in... Uh, in the the newspaper business basically, a a, a twice monthly paper called Baseball America that writes about baseball all around uh, the country, all around the world really, and uh, went from there, moved on. I I lived in uh, Michigan for quite a while, covering the Detroit Tigers, lived in New York for quite a while, working for CBS, and then for Bleacher Report, and uh, traveled around, Around the country uh, and around the world, uh, following sports.
0: So CBS and Bleacher in just a couple little gentle name drops. I mean, they're they're not like small (laughs) fry places. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I've I've worked for a lot of places, which kind of means I'm old and
0: and couldn't hold a job. I guess. And And experience, experience. I mean. When was it I mean, when you were a young kid, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm guessing in America, you got like American football, hockey, I mean, you got so many options, basketball. Right. What steered you into the, into the baseball leagues? Well, that's an interesting question. I covered all sports and and when you cover
1: high school sports in America, uh, the big sports that the high schools play and colleges too, are basketball and football, American Mm. football. And so they do the other sports, they have a baseball team. But the attention and the, the space in the newspapers tends to go a lot to the base basketball and football. So I wrote yeah. a lot of basketball and football when I was young. Yeah, And, uh, and I got involved knowing some people in baseball and, uh, and then was able to get some work in it. And what I came to realize was that in a lot of ways baseball was the most fun to write about. Okay, And the reason I say that is because in the major leagues baseball major league baseball they play 162 games in a season. Wow. It means there's games every day. That's it means there's <laughs> things going on all the time. When you're covering American football, there's one game a week. Mm. And that means for six days a week, you're writing about what happened a few days ago or what might happen a few days from now. Okay. And yeah. there's not as there's the stories aren't as much. The other thing is the way it's developed in America, it's different from other places but the access you get to the players, the managers, the coaches, yeah. the scouts in baseball is much more than you get in All a lot right. of the other sports. Why is that? It's probably because baseball is the oldest of our games. Okay. Uh, and uh, baseball, the Baseball Writers Association, which started well before there was radio or television, became a very strong organization wow. and was able to, uh, the. the Teams, the players understood that it was helping promote the game.
0: Yeah, and there was a difference
1: yeah. also. If you go back a lot of years, the the writing wasn't as often as critical. It was critical in different ways, mm-hmm. but maybe not looking, digging up as much dirt as okay. happened later, and certainly now happens in <laughs> yeah, the a lot, yeah. in the modern era, and uh, and, and players. And and writers became close in a lot of mm. cases. Writers would travel on the same, uh, first on the trains, later on uh, airplanes with the with mm. the teams. Doesn't happen very much anymore. Mm. But w- even when I started, my first year covering the Tigers, we flew on the team plane, at least some of the time. Wow, brilliant. And, and, brilliant! and you'd stay in the same hotels and you'd see the guys all the time. In baseball, you're on the road half the time, obviously all sports, but eighty-one road games. <laughs> plus spring training where you're going for a month and a half uh, down in Florida or Arizona, and you see these guys every day. And I don't want to say they become friends because Mm -hmm. in some cases they do, but in most cases you're covering them. You have to be able to have enough distance to write something a little bit critical at times.
0: I want to ask you that because you mentioned there about you're in the hotels with them. How many times have you been threatened? Don't, don't you dare write about that in the morning uh, <laughs> when you see them oh, the future. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, that's true, although, there, especially in the old days, and even now to a certain extent, but you don't see them as much now, but in the old days, everything was understood. When you were away from the ballpark, it wasn't going to be written yeah. about. Nothing yeah. was going to... In fact...
0: Please don't write that. There were
1: times where somebody would tell you something or say something away yeah. from the park, and a lot of times you'd say to him, hey, obviously we're, we're off the record here. We're yeah. not talking, but that's really interesting. If you want to talk about that on the okay. record, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd love to write that, but if not,
0: yeah. No questions I asked. I mean, you've been in the industry 35 years. I mean, you are, you know, I'm not just saying, it. just Google his name. You know, it's just incredible. Uh, but I mean, you are like the guru sports journalist of baseball, aren't you? I mean, let's be honest.
1: Well, there, there's a, there's quite a few. There's some guys He's who are. So more than, than, He's than I do. I'm going to call you but, out on that. That's but, rubbish. He's but, modest. But, but uh, I've
0: covered a lot of baseball. Yeah. I know a lot of people in baseball. I mean, uh, in terms of baseball, I mean, obviously, 35 years, you've seen thousands of games. Yeah. I mean, what's, what was your, if I could say to you, what was your penultimate game when you look back and think, Do you know what, I covered that and that was just amazing. What was, what was that game?
1: I, I, I can't say one specific game, but I'll give you a few. And uh, I, right when I started in Detroit, my second year in Detroit, uh, at the end of the year, there was one of the greatest uh, World Series of all time, the greatest World Series games, one nothing, 10 inning, Jack Morris, complete game. Uh, for the Minnesota Twins, and Jack had pitched for the Tigers for a long time, and I'd gotten to know him a little bit the year before when yeah. he was with the Tigers. And watching him pitch uh, one of the classic games of all time, one nothing. Uh, two years later, after that, we were in Toronto, and Joe Carter hits a, a walk-off home run to win the World Series, Game 6 in Toronto against the Phillies. That was a classic, classic game. Uh, Roy Halladay, no-hitter in the playoffs, absolute classic <laughs> you rattle things up th- like th- happened
0: last week <laughs> and,
1: and, and you go back uh 1998 we think of things differently now because of the steroid s- stories and everything yeah but when mark mcguire uh, broke uh, roger maris's record home run record for the season i was in st louis for that that was a huge huge deal at the
0: time wow, wow. i mean you you i mean you, you are just rattling these names i mean you're talking like names runs everything i mean obviously you've got an incredible memory I mean, they're the good times. I mean, what, yeah. what's been the, the times when you thought, you know, what well, What am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Because you must have had a few of those yeah. over 35 years. A, a
1: lot of times it has to do with travel Yeah. because travel is difficult. Uh, I, there was one, there's a couple of memorable times with travel, but one memorable game, uh, I say it's a memorable game, but I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was flying from... Should you be confessing this? I, oh, it's okay. Uh, I was flying from Chicago to Pittsburgh and... I had got an early flight, booked on an early flight, and uh, for whatever reason, the flight was canceled. Yeah. It was, if I remember right, it was probably a Friday that flights were full. Yeah. So I got the next flight I could, that there was a seat on, and uh, it was delayed, and I land in Pittsburgh, <laughs> and I got to pick up my bag, and I get the bag, and I go to the, get in the cab, and I go to uh, uh, Three Rivers Stadium at the time. Yeah. And I got to Three Rivers Stadium, and the game had just finished. <laughs> and fortunately fortunately I knew the Tigers people well yeah there were a couple people still there I talked to him about a game I hadn't seen I talked to Buddy Bell who was the manager he says hey call me in the hotel room later I'm gonna go home. I'm going back to the room so I call a hotel room did an interview about a game I hadn't seen and I wrote a story I called my office knew that they knew I had travel problems I said hey you know, we can get the, I'll get you a story. Yeah. And uh, and I wrote a full story and notes on a game I didn't see one picture.
0: I mean, what goes through your mind when you're thinking, the game is over, like, oh my <laughs> I mean, what, There must have been a huge amount of fear as well uh, as thinking, well, how am I going to dig myself out of this? You know,
1: it's not so much fear, because you know, it's more, OK, what do we do now?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Pray>. <laughs> how, how, and yeah, how do I uh, how do I make the best of this situation because you, you just you don't have a choice when you travel as much as you travel covering any sport in America but especially baseball because there's so many games mm-hmm. there's going to be times when you're not going to gather there was another time I remember uh, a friend and I we were going a uh, guy, guy who worked for a rival newspaper we were in Cleveland we had a game the night before in Cleveland and the game the next night in Boston and we booked ourselves on a 9 a.m. flight to Boston because we had a game that night. Get up, go to the airport, flight canceled. <laughs> and it turns out, it was graduation weekend in Boston. I don't know if you know, but in Boston, there's lots of universities.
0: Oh, I don't know. So tons don't know. of universities okay. in
1: Boston. It was graduation weekend. I don't know for all of them, but for a lot of them. And so all the parents, for all the kids, were flying in.
0: Oh, all right, OK. Yeah, I got you.
1: So all, every flight to Boston was booked. So we're looking at all the different towns around Boston. Yeah. Finally, we got a flight to Portland, Maine. It's about two hours from Boston. And my friend uh, called uh, and booked a uh, car service. Yeah. The guy had actually just dropped off, Senator George Mitchell, wow. at the airport, picked us up, drives us to Fenway Park in Boston. While we're on the uh, road to Boston, we called up the manager of the Tigers. It was Phil Garner at the time. And uh and the two of us did an interview with him over the phone <laughs> for a pregame interview. Wow. And we we missed the first inning that night. But. That was okay.
0: You've missed a couple then, haven't you? Uh,
1: as <laughs> long you as, to tell the tale? As long as it's only because of something that you couldn't yeah. control. Yeah. I do know guys who've missed games or missed innings or whatever <laughs> because they were out too late the night before. Fortunately, Brilliant. that never happened to me.
0: Brilliant. I mean, now, you took your journalism to a whole new level, haven't you? Because you've actually written books about it. I have, it. yeah. I mean, tell us a bit about your book.
1: Well, I, I wrote two books. Uh, and I, I never wanted to write a book when I was on the beat full time because it was just, I just thought it was too much. I needed the time off when I wasn't working. And so then uh, I went to, uh, but once I got got off the beat, I I said, oh, it's a great opportunity to write a book. And and I had a a guy, publisher, who wanted, the guy happened to be a Tigers fan. He knew Mm -hmm. I covered the Tigers. He wanted to do something on the Tigers. So I did a book called Numbers Don't Lie about the Tigers, Uh, a a look at Tigers history through some important numbers and some, Try try to bring up some good stories or yeah. things that happen. So that was the first book I did, and then I did another book uh, that came out actually uh, two years ago. Okay, and that's called Unwritten, and it's uh, baseball has what we call the unwritten rules. Right, there's the rules and the rule book, then there's the unwritten rules. How do you how are you expected to play the game? Really, you have it in all sports. I know your involvement in football. Mm. There are things in football you're allowed to do. The 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 old, the old thing. Of celebrating against your old team, uh, things yeah. like that, which which you can argue for or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's something that people talk about, yes. and players think about whether yeah. they should do this or yeah. not. How what what you should, what you should do, uh, you know, in baseball, uh, we just had one come up the other day. Uh, there was a uh, position player pitching, which is unusual. Sometimes happens when okay. when, uh, when when team run is running out of pitching. And he threw a 45-mile-an-hour pitch or something, and the guy hit it for a home run. And it was a 9 to nothing game, and, and, and it was a 3-0 and o pitch. And there were some of the, the, the old, old, one old-time manager said he shouldn't have swung at that pitch, 3-0. <laughs> and, and, and And there's an argument about okay. whether, whether you're taking advantage of a team, whether you're, uh, you know, in, in football, if the game is 8-0, uh, yeah. should you be pressing? Yeah.
0: Probably not. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And those books are out now. Yes. Okay. Brilliant. Well, what I'll do is I'll drop some links down below, guys. Have a look and uh, have a, have a read. You know, it's, it's obviously some really good details. And depth do have we do, have the, we do the
1: have the books at the bar normally too. Okay. So. Brilliant.
0: Well, we're going to talk about your bar because right now we are in your new bar. We are yeah. um, now. In order to have the new bar, had to have the first one. <laughs> we had to have the first one, but in order to have the first one, you had to come to Pataya. I did. When did you come to Pataya?
1: My first time I came here was in 2000. Okay. And there's a, a little bit of a baseball hook to that. That too oh, believe really? it or not so in in 1999 in in the 1990s overall japanese players were starting to come to the major leagues okay uh, hideo nomo was the big uh first big name uh of that wave and came and pitch for the los angeles dodgers when well, 1999 the detroit tigers had signed a pitcher named masao kida didn't turn out to be a very good pitcher in the major leagues he had been pretty good in japan but because there weren't that many Japanese players in the major leagues at the time, it was a big, big story in Japan. I got to know, as a result, quite a few Japanese writers, Japanese people. Right. And I did some work for a Japanese newspaper writing about Masaokita with the Tigers, writing in English, and they would translate into Japanese. Yeah. And so I'd always wanted to go to Japan anyway, but I just thought, what a better time to go to Japan than when I know some people there. Okay. So... I set up my, my plans, said, okay, I'll spend a couple weeks in Japan. Now, I, yeah, I got a, another week I can probably take away from work. Where should I go? I'd like to go somewhere else in Asia. I hadn't spent much time at all in Asia. I'd been to the Olympics in, two, in 1988 in Seoul. Yeah. But other than that, I really hadn't spent much time in Asia at all. And I said, started looking around where my Northwest Airlines air miles would take me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bangkok, that, yeah, that sounds interesting. So went, got on the plane, went to Bangkok, booked a hotel. Spent a couple days in Bangkok and said, uh, you know, it's about time to get out of here. It's all, it's uh, polluted. Yeah, it's crowded. City, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go somewhere else. Where do I want to go? Well, I didn't know much about Thailand. A little bit. I knew I didn't really want to get on an airplane. I've been on a mm-hmm. I said, you know, this place, Patea, get on a bus and go there. It says two and a half hours or whatever mm-hmm. it was at the time. We didn't have the motorway all the yeah, way through at Yeah. Uh, on the bus. I said, okay, I'll do that. Came down here, get off the bus absolute pouring rain. This is the middle of January. It never rains here in January. Pouring rain. Get a hotel room, clean up, rain stops, go out, found a uh, go-go bar. In those days the go-go's used to be open in the afternoon too. Oh wow. Okay. And, uh, do so you remember the name? Uh, yeah, it was a classroom. It's still there. Oh, it's not a go-go 13, anymore. Thirteen two, Four. Uh,
0: 13 4 13-4, sorry. Peacons, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
1: not a uh, go, go-go now, but it was at the time. If you, if you talk to some people who were there in, in yeah. the 90s and then early 2000s, it was one of the biggest places in town. So I went to a lot of beer bars, a few things. I That's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I ended up coming back uh, to Thailand the next year uh, and spent three weeks in Thailand. Okay. And then came back after and ended up getting married to a Thai woman in 2007. She moved to America with me, ended yeah. up getting her American citizenship. But we had a house here and we would come back uh, eventually spending like three and four months uh, a year here in the winter. And uh, and uh, way back in probably 2001 or 2003, one of my friends had said, you know, one of these years you're going to go and you're not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Well, in. in December 2018, we made the decision to come here full-time. <laughs> so it took a little while, but it did happen.
0: Well, you're here, though, aren't you? Yeah. And no regrets?
1: No, not at all. I love it here. Yeah. Um, I, I love how easy it is to make friends here. Yeah. I love yeah. the uh, relaxed atmosphere, low-stress lifestyle, wear shorts and sandals every day of the year. Uh, just easy easygoing. It, it's, it's a, I liked my life in, in America. I loved what I did. I loved the last 11 years I was in the US. I lived in New York. I love living in New York. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, there's nowhere I'd rather be than right here.
0: Okay, a bit windy today, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know that. See?
0: So the other day we had a lot of noise, today we got a lot of wind. wind yeah. <laughs> okay, so I mean you came here and obviously you've spent a lot of time going around, looking around Patea and Yes. I mean you, you went in and dived into getting a bar here, <laughs> you? I mean, Eventually, like, like, I wouldn't spring. say dive because it took a little while,
1: <laughs> but uh, I, uh, what happened was we had some things go on in December of 2018, mm. uh, the, some of the work I had done was drying up okay. and I was going to have to find something else, either find some more work, find something else to do. And uh, my wife said, Well, just stay here and buy a bar. Okay. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, Yeah, almost. I, I said, What do we know about buying a, running a bar? Yeah. And she said, Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> and I said, oh, Okay. And she said, All you have to do is talk to people and make sure the right sports are on TV. I said, well, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll take care of it. And I'm very fortunate, uh, unlike some people open bars here. I'm very fortunate. My wife, my stepdaughter, and my son-in-law uh, are involved in the bar. Right. And my son-in-law had been a bartender and bar manager before. Mm-hmm. We had some other people around who were able to help us, and they run the bar. Everyone, you know, people say, oh, yeah, uh, he only says uh, his family runs the bar. In my case, it's true. My family yeah. runs the bar. People ask me what something costs, and a lot of times I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they do that. They'll ask me. They'll ask me what I think, They ask me uh, you know, sh- should we do this or that, should we have this on tap or not, uh, they, the new bar, they, they designed it, but they showed me all the pictures, what do you think, would you like this, would you like that, mm. so I, I'm, in, I'm definitely involved in that but in terms of the actual work, they do it, which is fine with me.
0: Brilliant. I mean, obviously now your life's taken a huge change. You know, you've gone from being in incredibly large stadiums, covering <laughs> games, to, to coming out here, and like we just touched on, a, a much more laid-back, chilled-out lifestyle, which is fantastic, and you know, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, going back into the, into the baseball world a second, I mean, one other question I do want to ask you is, sure. When you watch a football match on on uh, TV and that the the speed of the game and the way the game is played is is often taken away from the spectator because the TV kind of balances things out. You know, you know as well as I do when you when you're in the stadium watching it, it's so much more faster, it's so much more accurate, etc. I want to ask a question. You know, when you see these guys pitching, yes, I mean, in all honesty, how quick is it? Real? I mean, I've never seen it. I mean, oh, I mean,
1: it's faster now than ever. Is it? Yeah, guys are throwing. Routinely, you guys throw 95, 100, 102 miles an hour. Ah,
0: and,
1: yeah. yeah. And it, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the reaction time is so small, and it's moving. I mean, it's not just straight. It's nah, just it? dipping, going that way, going that way. And, and then they'll throw a changeup where the arm speed is the same, but the ball's 10 miles an hour slower. So his hand's coming at you the same way as it did with a fastball, but you're out in front swinging and up, up, up. It's wow. not there.
0: Have you ever thought of, you know, picture, have you ever stood there with a bat and had a crack? Uh, no. Do you fancy it? No. <laughs>
1: uh, I've stood there behind the cage. I've been right there close. Uh, guys are throwing. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, uh, I mean, there was a case last week, a major league hitter who busted his nose. The ball came and hit him in the face. And uh, I mean, they have pretty good control, mm. but not absolutely perfect control. Mm. And I just assume, there, there's a few things I, I don't really want to do. I don't really want to stand in there to uh, <laughs> f- take a major league pitch. I don't want to get yeah. hit by an NFL player. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to uh, face a 100 mile an hour slap shot from an NHL player <laughs> yeah. as, as a goalie, uh, yeah. just a few different things.
0: I mean, you say about not facing, I mean, did, did you get to see a lot of dust-ups with like, a lot of punch-ups? Oh, two yeah. Players?
1: Oh, yeah. There's plenty of that because because when you're in there, when you're hitting, a pitcher has to be able to throw the ball on the inside part of the plate and even in off the plate. Mm. It, it, the simplest way to describe pitching is you have to make the batter uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: Well, a 100 mile an hour pitch is pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you know what? The funny thing
1: is, for a major league hitter, it's not always uncomfortable. Those That's guys, nice, are, their, their reaction times are so, is so good. But you, you ha- if, if a hitter is in there comfortable, now, sometimes you make him uncomfortable by surprising him. Okay. Now, he thinks it's going to be 100 miles an hour and it's actually 85. Or he thinks it's going to be straight and it's actually split finger pitch that's going to dive at the last minute. So you can make him uncomfortable different ways, but one of them is to get the ball in close to him. And that (laughs) doesn't... No, (laughs) no. Now that does happen too. But I'm talking about getting him so he backs up, so he doesn't dig in and dive out over the plate, that he has to at least be conscious Mm. that the ball might be coming in. And so you have to throw the ball that way. But there's also, pitchers also sometimes just miss their target. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they miss their target because they're trying to throw the ball outside and it comes right to the middle of the plate and it becomes a home run. Mm. Sometimes they miss their target because they're trying to throw the ball inside a inside part of the plate and it comes in and hits the batter instead and you yeah. didn't really have any intent of hitting it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, to be fair, I can relate a little bit in terms of like if the ball hit you, it must be kinda of like in football, it's a really cold winter's day and someone <laughs> kicks a ball as eyes and it yeah. smacks you on the inner thigh and you're like, oh man, yeah. it's just so I mean, that ball must hurt when they hit Oh, yeah. And the guy that, what, what do you call the guy that catches it with the glove behind The catcher. It, he's, oh, there you go. See, I've got that one, right? Yeah. So the guy that's kneeling down, that does all that, right. he's the catcher. Yeah. I mean, how does he see where that ball's going? And, and it's, right. you know, the bat's flying around. Well, they, they, and, they,
1: there's a reason that they call the, the catcher's gear, the shin guards and the and the chest protector and the mask, <laughs> there's a reason they call them tools of ignorance.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. You get it wrong, you're in a whole world of trouble, aren't you? Well,
1: not only that, it's not just that. When, when, uh, when the batter's up there, sometimes they hit what we call foul tip. You might call it cricket and get an edge.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that ball shoots up, you're ready to catch it. It Ooh. hits that bat and it shoots right up and hits you in the face. Now you got the, the mask on, but it still stuns mad, you. Yeah. And sometimes it hits in other places that are even <laughs> less comfortable. That <laughs> in the face. Well, yeah. I'll let I'll, you think about that. I'll,
0: I'll leave that to them. I don't want to experience because <laughs> that's that happened in football
1: too. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that in football too. Oh yeah, too. yeah,
0: but nowhere near like at that speed. And <laughs> that accuracy as well. I mean, it's been well. Listen, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, what I want to do, Dan, is in part two we're going to talk about your life here now. Right. Um, about you know what it's like running a bar, the the, the pitfalls that you've encountered, the fun times. Uh, I want to know what it's like. And don't answer me now, but I do want to know what it's like when you sit in the bar and you've got someone here that says, "Oh yeah, I know baseball, but." They don't know you. <laughs> and they must be talking, all you think you do. I've forgotten more than you know. I wanted to. But this has been brilliant, Danny. Thank you so much. Been great. Been absolutely fantastic, guys. I will put the links to Danny's books down below, as well as his uh, social media for Facebook, etc. And in part two, as you can see here behind me, we are in Danny's new bar, which is over in the Tree Town area of Soi And uh, we're going to come back in a few days and talk about what it's like to be here and why Danny's here. You know, why has he come from Made in Thailand into Tree Town? Does he know something that we don't? All right, guys, that's it from us today. Thank you so much for watching. As always, please remember hit the subscribe button and also the bell icon, and take a look at in- our. Our members area, there's more and more people joining each and every day. And also I'll be talking to lots more businesses to getting you some discounts available. So when you show your digital ID card, uh, you'll get some rewards back on that and join our Telegram group. There's lots of like-minded people just like you guys that have a love for this wonderful city that we're lucky enough to call home and uh, get in there and uh, throw yourself in and see what goes on. I'll leave you to figure that one out. All right, that's it from us guys. Thank you so much for watching and please, as always, wherever you are in the world, stay safe.